Good morning again. If, uh, if you're new to the church, I was told that I'm supposed to introduce myself, and if you're not, as, as Pastor Tom, so that's who I get to introduce myself as now. And thank, thank you. That'll take a little while to get used to the pastor part. Um, so, but this morning we have some special things going on. So I am super excited about uh, today. We have a couple different things, and the first one is one of my favorite ministries happening at this church is our Brave Brave Circle. It's the Brave Circle. It's the uh, the circle of uh, young girls that uh, um, Kaylee Lindstrom works with and. To me, the reason I love this brave group is that this is what discipleship is supposed to be. What Kaylee and Abby and um, Jordan, and I think they have a fourth uh, person that works with them as well. What they do with these girls, this is the meaning of discipleship. They work on everything from from just basic life skills to, to knowing Jesus. And it is so cool to see what they are doing. And we are super blessed today because not only, normally we have my opening act up here, Kaylee, and she's always a trip, right? So it's always fun having Kaylee up here. But Kaylee is bringing one of her brave girls up here with her. And we are so excited to uh, get to hear from Kaylee and Izzy today. So would you welcome them, them up here? Good morning. Good morning. So we thought we would take a minute and just tell you a little bit more about Brave. And who better to tell you about Brave than my dear friend Izzy here. So Izzy, what can you tell all of our friends out here about Brave? What is Brave? Well, it's a circle of girls, 11 through 18. We learn about God. Sometimes we do games. We go every other Tuesday. Good. And what else do we learn about? Boundaries, um, how to keep ourselves safe, and social media, like how to be safe with it. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. So what is your favorite memory from Brave or your favorite time meeting, your favorite circle? The Christmas party that we had. um, We did it after church from 11 to 3. Um, We went to a store, um, and we had... So we got a gift for each person, like for someone, mm-hmm. and we didn't, they didn't know who. They had to guess it after we got gifts. We had $20 to spend, mm-hmm. and um, after that, like, we got food, and then we came back, mm-hmm. and we wrapped up all the presents, and, like, each person got to open it up, and then they tried to guess who got it, and I just loved seeing their faces when they opened it up. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Izzy has a big heart for other people. Um, so why is Brave important to you? Well, it's somewhere I can be safe, and it gets me away from other problems that's happening. And it's just somewhere where I can be myself. Mm-hmm. And for the food. Always for the food. 
Yeah. It's a perk, for sure. Um, so this week, we had Brave, and we talked all about boundaries and expectations, um, set some values, right? We talked about our values. And at the end of Brave, we talked about a verse, and I challenged the girl, girls to memorize this verse. And so Brave is on Tuesday. Next day is Wednesday. That's youth group night. So Izzy comes in Wednesday and already had her verse memorized, which is incredible. So we knew that Izzy was going to come up here and talk. And so we said, Izzy, do you think that you would want to share your verse with everybody on Sunday? And she said, absolutely. There may have been a Starbucks gift card bribe in there as well. But nonetheless, Izzy wants to share her verse with all of you. So the verse is from Romans 8, 38-39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You're awesome. And you guys, that is our whole purpose of Brave, is talking about how much each of these girls is so loved. They're so loved by every one of us in here. They're so loved by their community, but they're so loved by Jesus, too. And that's, first and foremost, um, the thing that we want them to know. And um, Izzy knows that, which is amazing. So if that wasn't enough, Izzy also wrote a song, which she shared with us on Wednesday. And here's to, here's to show how brave Izzy actually is. The song wasn't quite finished, right, on Wednesday? And we said, do you think you could have it finished by Sunday and would want to share that as well during church? And she said, sure. So, without further ado, Izzy's going to share her song. Yeah, and then other church days, I do have more songs I can do, because I made more. Oh, I just keep on giving. You need to stand. So this song is called Our God, Our Savior, Our Protection. When the times get rough, there's a place for me to go. There's a one and only God, and he's always here for us. I didn't know of him, but when time passed by, I grew closer to him. I tried to pray every night, even when I've had issues. He's there when you need him, and he's not gonna go nowhere. He's by our sides, and he's never gonna let go. Our God, our Savior, our protection we will have. Jesus died on the cross. He saved us from our sins. Now we can go to heaven. Every time I sin, I ask for forgiveness. No matter how bad it is. When we get sad, God will help us get through it. Our God, our Savior, our protection. He's never gonna go. He's never gonna abandon us. He's our God. Our God, our Savior, our protection will always be by our sides. We can go to Him when we need help. 
When we are sad and when the times are tough, He's our God, our Savior, our protection. Isn't she awesome? We love Izzy. So, like Izzy talked about, we do some very special braves. Um, we do some just meetings and circles and where we learn a lot. And then around the holidays, we always try to do something fun and super special. Um, and we do have a holiday coming up, which is Valentine's Day. And we have something super special planned for Valentine's Day that sort of ties into our talk about um, boundaries and values and expectations. And it's going to be a really good night for these girls. And I would go into more details, but some of our brave girls are here, and it's a surprise. So I can't share all of what we're going to do. But here's the thing. We are looking for some donations to help um, offset the cost of that event and some future events as well. So if you are interested in donating to this event, and I'm happy to share the details with you um, when our Brave Girls aren't around, so I can share them after the service. Um, but if you're interested in donating towards that, I'll be right in the gallery after the service. Um, we have Square, so we can do credit cards, we can do checks made out to Brave, um, or cash, and I can take all of those after. Um, so that's one way that you can help our Brave ministry. Another way is we are looking for seven volunteers, and this is um, for women out there. Last week, you men had your moment, so women, we are going to call on you this week. Um, but we have seven girls in our Brave ministry, and I have seven copies of this book, Praying the Scriptures for Your Teens. So what I'm asking is for seven women that are willing to walk through this book, and it gives... Um, specific scriptures to pray over each of these girls. So each one of the books has a name written inside of it, and your job is to pray for that girl and finish this book with those specific scriptures. Um, I know the power of prayer and the power of a praying grandma, as my mom would say, um, and how important that is. And you guys, some of these girls don't have that. And so if we can step in, that is our job. And so if you will just commit yourselves to doing that, um, that would be incredible. So... Thank you for listening, and thank you for showing love to Izzy. You can see her out at the cafe most Sunday mornings, so make sure you say hi. Thank you, ma'am. Don't go anywhere. Wait, hey, Izzy, Izzy. <laughs> Hold on one second. We're, we're gonna, you're going to be the representative of all the brave girls, and we are going to pray over our brave uh, group of girls because um, like I said, guys, this is what discipleship is about. It's about doing life with one another, not just sitting around and, and studying. As important as the knowledge aspect is to our faith, it's doing life together, and it's really mentoring younger people, you know, to up in their faith, and that means every aspect of their life, really trying to take care of them. So I would love for all of us to, if you would stretch a hand out, and we are going to pray over Izzy and Kaylee as, we represent, as they represent this brave group. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for this ministry that you have put on Kaylee's heart. We thank you for the ways you have worked through her and her volunteers uh, just to connect with these young girls, to provide, a, as Izzy said, a safe place for these young girls, Lord. Father, we pray that you would pour your spirit out on this group. I pray that you would continue to work in them, continue to, to grow them in their, in their lives and also in their walk with you, Lord. And we thank you especially right now for Izzy, for her courage and her boldness and being willing to share uh, with us what they're doing and being willing to share um, that amazing song where she just sings your praises, sings what she has learned about you, Father.
Lord, we thank you for what you're doing and will do, and we just pray your blessing out on this group. And Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you again, guys. So uh, a few days ago, Kaylee and I were talking about a skit that she did along with a bunch of the other girls uh, here in the youth group. And it would have been nine years ago that they did this skit. And uh, the skit was uh, a Lifehouse skit. And if you, if you don't remember the Lifehouse skit, it's, uh, there's some music playing and uh, they... It, it kind of, there's a, a dance that goes along with it that sort of represents uh, these girls in their walk with God, how first Jesus raises them up, and then it shows that the things that they struggle with from um, it was popularity to there was money being thrown around, there was um, substance abuse, and finally ending with suicidal ideation at the very end of the skit. And it was a super powerful skit and generally there wasn't uh, I was allergic to the skit we'll say so every time it happened my eyes turned red and watery and they itched Um, but everyone else in the room was crying I don't know what that was about but um, I just had this horrible allergic reaction every time that they did this skit and the reason was as difficult as it was to watch for many people it was the reality of what those kids were going through And in nine years, I assure you, things aren't any better. The things that these kids deal with today are so much worse than even nine, ten years ago, and certainly worse than when most of you and I were kids, the stuff that we dealt with. So when I say that this brave ministry is my favorite ministry in the church, this is why. I mean, the impact that this is having on these girls is incredible. Because these girls, like all of our youth, and like all of us, need hope. We look around at this world and we see where everything has gone wrong. And we need hope. And that is what that group is bringing And that's also what we're going to kind of talk about today. We're going to start in Luke 4. And it's 14 through 21. So if you want to look that up in your Bibles, if you have a pew Bible, it's page 727. And in a second here, I'm going to give you a minute to find it. Well, probably not a whole minute. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to find it. And then I'm going to ask you to stand to read this. Pastor Joe asked us to stand last week during the reading of the scriptures, and and I like that. I like it because, number one, it's what Jesus did, as we're going to see in the passage here. But number two, it's a good reminder to us that this isn't just a book. This isn't isn't Moby Dick or the Scarlet Letter. This is the word of God you're opening up. This isn't just some men wrote down some things. This is God spoke to his people. And I want us to stand as we read this so we can remember the significance of what we are doing in the moment. So would you stand with me? Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. 
and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, again, we thank you and praise you for this day. We pray that you would open our eyes to what your word says, that as we are here studying your word, that you would speak to each one of us where we're at. Father, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that the words I speak would, be not, would not be my own, but that they would be yours. Father, my words are insignificant. Only your word matters. And Father, I pray that each person here who would hear whatever they need to hear to help them to take the next step in their walk with you. Father, reveal to each one of us whatever it is that you would reveal. And may this day, may this time be a powerful time in our lives where we walk out of here having sensed your presence and having been challenged by your word. And Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Jesus ends, so that passage ends with Jesus saying, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So, as we're studying the scriptures, we have to ask some questions. What was fulfilled? Jesus was reading the scroll, he was reading Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read it really quick to you. This is Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Now, you may have caught a little bit of a difference there. Without looking at it, maybe it Maybe you didn't. But Jesus stops in his reading of the scroll, kind of mid-sentence. Now, not mid-verse. We say that he read Isaiah 61, 1 and 2a. But when Jesus was reading the scroll, there were no numbers um, for, this, for the passages. But it was still kind of mid-sentence. Because what Isaiah 61, 2 says is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's where Jesus stops. But it goes on to say, and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Jesus stopped mid-sentence. The Messiah was supposed to proclaim, is supposed to proclaim, all of that. But right there, right then, at that moment, Jesus was there to do one thing. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, later on, 
He'll talk about the vengeance that's coming. And the vengeance will come with the second coming. Jesus will tell us that at other times. But at this moment, the focus on is on the good news. The good news that the anointed one has come. That he had come to bring good news. He had come to bring salvation. And Jesus here is proclaiming this good news. You see, all through the Old Testament, God had been promising a Messiah. Too often these days, as Christians even, and even some very popular Christian speakers, we've started to throw away the Old Testament. We've started to say that the Old Testament doesn't matter. All we really need to do is study the New Testament now. But nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus taught himself from the Old Testament. Jesus didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets. He came to fulfill them. And Paul, later on in in his letters, will write, all scripture is useful for teaching and rebuking. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking, etc., etc. When Paul is writing that, he's not talking about the New Testament because the New Testament hasn't even been put together yet. Paul is talking about the Old Testament. We cannot get rid of the Old Testament. We cannot truly understand what Jesus did without the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a beautiful collection of the words of God that continually point us to Christ, that we need a Savior, and that the Father is promising one. And after Jesus read that passage, he was revealing that the Father had fulfilled all of those Old Testament promises, that Jesus was the Messiah. But why was a Savior necessary? And this is why we need the Old Testament. The questions we have to ask, you know, what is salvation? What is this Savior saving us from? And if we don't know the Old Testament, we won't know, we won't understand our need. But in Genesis 3, sin had already entered the world. And when sin entered the world, when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and sin entered the world, everything changed. When that sin occurred, that sin changed them. When that occurred, that sin changed the world. And when that occurred, that sin separated them and continued to separate mankind from God. Since that time, sin has ravaged all of humanity. Who among us doesn't struggle with one sin or another? And if you've solved that, raise your hand because I I, I have questions for you. Because I could use help. Sin has affected all of us. Since that time, sin has changed our world. Why famines? Why war? Why disease? Why do, why do children die? All because sin changed 
our world. We're not living in the paradise that Adam and Eve were living in. And until Jesus came that day, or was born, until Jesus came, sin had separated mankind from God. But Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, came to bridge that gap between humanity and God. No longer do we have to rely on priests and prophets to commune with God. We can go right to God now. And let's be more specific, though, about what Jesus was doing here. Jesus has, has bridged the gap for us and God. But in this passage, Jesus says this is what he came to do. He pro- came to proclaim good news to the poor. I love this part. Because the poor does not mean those who have no money. Jesus came to proclaim the good news to all man. So what is all, all people? So what is he talking about when he says, I came to proclaim good news to the poor? And if we look at the word tokos for poor, it's that poor where all you can do is beg to survive. And it's the same poor used in Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes for the poor in spirit. Jesus came to proclaim good news to those who are poor in spirit, to those who realize that they have no hope without a Savior, to those who are crying out to God, to somebody to help them through this life. He proclaimed hope to those who had no hope. He also came to provide freedom for the prisoners. Now it's easy again to just do a quick reading of this and say, okay, he came to set people free. But during his time here on earth, never once did he set anyone free from a prison that I know of. But he came to set us free from the prisons that we entrap ourselves in or the prisons that sin has entrapped us in. He came to bring freedom for us from addiction, from habitual sin, from all those things that hold us down. Jesus came to provide freedom. How many of us live into that freedom? How many of us say, I'm never going to be perfect, so it's okay. I'm just going to ask for forgiveness. God will forgive and forgive, and he will. But God came to provide freedom. We don't have to live under sin anymore. We don't have to live in sin anymore. We can be holy as God was whole, as God is holy. We can be holy as God has called us to be because Christ came to free us from those prisons. We don't have to live in sin anymore. He came to give sight to the blind, and Jesus will heal physically blind people. And it's a powerful testimony because nobody had ever healed, been healed from blindness from birth until Jesus. So there's a significance to him healing the blind. But again, I think that it's more than that. Jesus came to bring sight to all of us who are spiritually blind. Kaylee and I were talking a couple days ago about the power of prayer and the things that, uh, that we get to see God do. 
And how often we see little miracles happening all around us, but unless we are tuned in, unless we have sight to see those spiritual things, we just miss them. And I know before I was a believer, I went to church, I believed in God, but it wasn't until after accepting Christ that my eyes were opened to this world of miracles happening every day. We have a cold and we pray for healing, Well, eventually we heal. Do we ever go back and thank God for that? All these little things that we pray about, and when we have answers, we've already moved on. We we weren't really expecting God to answer because we know most of the time we will heal from a cold. There are miracles happening all around us, and if we can't recognize and see the small miracles, We will never see the great miracles. The miracles where suddenly we hear something from God. The great miracles where suddenly somebody is healed from something that they never should have been healed from. That the doctors don't understand how did that happen. If we don't recognize the little miracles... We will never see the big ones. Christ came to open our eyes that we could see God at work here on earth. And he finally came to set the oppressed free. Now, when I started studying this passage, I thought, uh, you know, that sounds a lot like um, (laughs) setting the prisoners free, you know, setting the oppressed free. But this is what's cool about studying the scriptures and and going deeper into each passage, as we do a word search on this passage, we recognize that that may not be the best way to translate it. It's the best way to get it into an English language so that we can kind of understand it. But the word there for oppressed actually means uh, broken, crushed, or bruised. And the word before it means pardon or forgiveness. So if we take a literal translation of that passage, it would be forgiveness for the broken or the bruised. And actually, I looked up a literal translation of the Bible to see how they translated it. They translated it to send away the bruised with deliverance. See, Jesus also came to provide forgiveness for all those who have been broken and bruised by sin. Again, this is all of you. This is all of us. But I suspect that there are some of you here today who are feeling broken and bruised and unworthy, unlovable. You've seen things. You've been a part of things. You've done things. And how could God ever forgive me for these things? But Christ came that even in your brokenness, you may be forgiven. No matter how bad anything you've done has been, he came that you could be forgiven. And I love that in Izzy's song, she sang about that. When I sin, I ask for forgiveness. And this is a paraphrase. I don't remember exactly how she said it, but I thought it was amazing when she sang it. When I sin, I ask for forgiveness no matter how bad it was no matter how broken you feel, no matter how unworthy, unlovable you feel, Christ came to set the oppressed free, to forgive the broken.
So again, what did Jesus come to do? He came to... I forgot the first one. (laughs) He came to preach good news to the poor, my favorite one. He came to provide freedom for the prisoner. He came to provide, to bring healing to the blind and freedom for the oppressed. What it doesn't say here is that Jesus came to make a way to heaven. Did he catch that in there? Nowhere in that passage does Jesus say, I came so that you can spend eternity with God. Now that's true, but again, it's not what's important in this passage see many Christians today, and I would have fallen into this same category a while back, have believed that salvation means getting into heaven. All that matters is that one day I will be in heaven with God. That's what salvation is. But Jesus says that it's so much more than that. He came not just for a future hope in eternity, but he came to bring hope to us here and now. He came to bring freedom to us here and now, healing to us here and now. Salvation is not just something for eternity. Salvation in our Savior is something for today. We cannot get so caught up in just the eternity that we forget to live into our salvation today. So when we look at these scriptures, we see the fulfillment of these promises, promises for a better life, a life of peace and hope. We as believers in these passages, we find, we find Christ. But the sad thing is that many people are looking for fulfillment to all these promises in other things. Even among believers, We hear that God has done these things. We hear that Jesus did these things, but we still look to other areas to find fulfillment. And I was thinking of some of the areas we look to. I have a good friend who we uh, we had talked a while back and we were talking about drinking. I am very anti-alcohol. Um, I don't see any good reason for alcohol. I understand that in the scriptures it doesn't per se say alcohol is sin. You know, we're not to be drunk. You know, we're, we're not to indulge in excess. But for me, alcohol is just nothing but a potential bad thing. And this friend said, well, the reason that I drink is I come home from work and I'll have a drink to unwind after work. And all I could think was, you're a believer. Why do you need to drink to unwind? We have Christ who has brought us freedom. And it's easy for me to get judgmental. I'm far better about this now. In the past, I would have been far harsher about alcohol. I understand it's not a sin. I just think it's dangerous. But as we're having this discussion, then I start to think, What are the things that I do to unwind as opposed to turning to Christ? Sports, especially my fantasy teams. (laughs) I spend an insane amount of time sometimes with my fantasy football, fantasy hockey. Sometimes it's 
television. There's a lot of things that I can find to distract myself. And that's what it is. All it is is a distraction. And after I've binged on sports for a week or so, never do I feel closer to God. Certainly I don't feel filled with hope. I always kind of feel a little bit worse. I get more into a depression and struggle more. But what are we looking to to find fulfillment in our lives? What are we looking to to find spiritual healing for our blindness? What are we looking to to find freedom? What are we looking to to find forgiveness? Where are we looking to be fulfilled? And a quick question for you. How is it working out for you? From Dr. Phil. (laughs) Give him some credit. How is that working out for you? Are you finding hope, the hope that Christ can bring from other things? Or are you focusing on seeking him and him alone? I love to read books about the early saints. And I'm reading a book called Union with God right now. And the author is writing about uh, St. John of the Cross, who is one of my favorites. And he talks about union with God. How do we get so close to God that we can sense his presence, that we can hear him speak to us, that we can know his will? And for him, there were two things that he focused on. It was mortification and prayer. Mortification means dying to the things of this world, letting go of the things of this world, and then prayer. These are the ways that we can be so close to God, that we can sense his presence, that we can hear his voice when he speaks to us. That even in the darkest times, and St. John of the Cross was the one who writes about the dark night of the soul, he knew about difficult times. But we can be so close to God that even during those difficult times, we can sense his presence and know he is there. But what are you seeking for fulfillment? Where are you looking for fulfillment? So this week also, remember that the scriptures have been fulfilled through Jesus. Remember, the Old Testament's important. Look into the fulfillment of these scriptures. And ask yourself again, what does that mean for you? Jesus fulfilled all the promises. Are you looking to him to be fulfilled yourself? Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, again, we thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, I lift up each person here today. I lift up each person watching online from home, Father, that you would work in us, that you would speak to us in a new way, a mighty way. I pray, Father, that you would help us to die to the things of this world. Show us the areas where we are still seeking for fulfillment and purpose and hope in other places, Father, and help us to die to those things. Help us to give up those things and to solely focus on you. Because only then, Father, will we find true hope and peace. Lord, do a work in us this week.
Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now is the time that we spend a few minutes in reflection.